1: Welcome to Mission Matters Live, a program focused on promoting a spirit of mission among the people of God in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Megan Mio. I'm coordinator in the mission office, and our engineers this morning are Brian, Javier, and Mike. You're listening to WNDZ 750 AM, and this month we are pleased to be broadcasting on the third Thursday of the month from 8 to 9 AM. This morning, we are blessed to have with us Georgia Winson, who is the President and Executive Director for Hospital Sisters Mission Outreach. This is a medical surplus recovery organization that collects, repairs, packages, and distributes medical supplies and equipment to hospitals and clinics around the world. Georgia and her staff work in their main office uh, located. In springfield illinois i'm sure they normally do when there isn't a pandemic (laughs) work in their office Uh, and she's joining us joining us by phone this morning so good morning and welcome georgia Uh,
2: good
3: morning megan it's great to be here with you and your listeners thank you very much
1: um so on today's show i'd like us to reflect on the reality of global mission in this pandemic one year in um more than a year really uh for those, those of us in the u.s is a real and urgent need for medical supplies and vaccines to save lives around the world. So, today let's talk. We're going to talk with Georgia um, and a few other guests who will join us a little later about the important work of equipping for COVID relief in the context of our Catholic social teaching, and we'll discuss the specific project uh, that Mission Outreach is working with uh, Catholic hospitals in Southeast Nigeria. Uh, we'll get to that uh, in more detail a little bit later on. So um, this particular project just being one example of how we can respond to the current needs for effective and compassionate healthcare. So let's get started. Uh, Georgia, at the top I introduced you as the president and executive director of Hospital Sisters Mission Outreach, and according to the website, quote, mission outreach secures usable medical supplies and equipment from over 115 hospitals and 18 clinics in Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, Kansas, and Missouri. And with more than $80 million in life-saving supplies sent, Mission Outreach has made a global impact. That's very impressive. So tell us about the work of Mission Outreach.
3: Well, that was a great recap, uh, (laughs) Megan, of the work that we do. And, um, I will say, I mean, Mission Outreach is kind of where uh, mission hits the road. The rubber hits the road with Mission Outreach. Um, We have a trucking division that uh, transports usable supplies and equipment from hospital and manufactured donors to our warehouse, and um, everything is packaged, sorted, um, and provided to recipients around the world, Um, and it's provided through a pull inventory system. So all of our recipients around the world are able to select exactly what they need for their hospitals. Um, we've worked in 95 different countries with 530 mm-hmm. mission organizations and we've sent about 85 million in medical supplies and equipment thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, we began in about uh, 2002. You know, our productivity tracking is probably from about 2006. So we have made a significant impact. Um, yeah. And our work is really solidly grounded in um, the ideas about solidarity, ideas about caring for one another, and caring for uh, the earth that we inhabit. Yeah. Um, the other thing about Mission Outreach is we reduce landfill deposits by about one million pounds per year.
2: Whoa. Yeah.
3: So wow. We're really blessed to be able to do this. And uh, we feel like our program really unites people around the world in a common sense. Uh, activity uh, to make the world a better place.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the the equipment and the supplies that you're sending, these are all things that would have, they're, they're used, they have been mm-hmm. used here in the U.S. or somehow have become um, obsolete in some way. And so, but it still has, could be used somewhere else. It could be very valuable to um, a medical system in another part of the world, right? Um, yes. Better than to just throw it away <laughs> to put it to use. Yeah.
3: And, and, you know, um, Mission Outreach, we're part of a growing number of organizations like ours that are accredited. Mm. Uh, uh, we're accredited through the Med Surplus Alliance at the Task Force for Global Health at Emory. And mm-hmm. that's really important because it speaks to the quality of the donations we provide. Um, every piece of equipment that we have is assessed by our master's level biomedical engineer.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: then he actually works with people in low-resource countries to make sure that the equipment we send is going to work in their context to make sure that they have everything they need to get that equipment working and to keep it working.
1: Okay.
3: Um, so that's kind of another piece of what we do. The supplies that we send are not used um, oh, and they're not expired, course. but our, you know our U.S. system is um, our U.S. system results in some unavoidable waste, mm-hmm. and so what we're able to do is capture those really good supplies and make them available to people.
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you for, for clarifying about, like, these things are reviewed. They are, uh, you know, they're safe. They're things that, that you're not just, you know, sending things willy-nilly, right, that, that, that yeah. you said accredited. Um, and, uh, you know, I was going to ask, are there other organizations like this? Because, you know, just based on what the website said, you're working well, in the Midwest. There's probably organizations that work in different parts of the country, right? Yeah.
3: Yes, we have, uh, you know, other organizations that are part of our accreditation group. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some in Atlanta, one in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Mm -hmm. one that's with the Cleveland Clinic. Um, We have uh, some out on the West Coast, uh, some in Texas, uh, in Kentucky. Uh, It's probably the one that's closest to us as part of our accreditation group. So um, there are other organizations like ours. Mm -hmm. And... um, you know, it's really great to be working in concert with them because we can help each other, especially in a situation like this with COVID. You know, there are opportunities for us to share inventory across organizations.
1: Yeah, I, I have so many questions. We only have so much time. <laughs> but, I, but I wanted to say, um, uh, you mentioned, you know, Care for the Earth. Um, and, you know, the name is Hospital Sisters Mission Outreach. So are you, like, a, is this organization a ministry of the Hospital Sisters, or what's that relationship?
3: Yes, so we were founded by the Hospital Sisters of St. Francis, um, and the Hospital Sisters uh, run a a health system uh, in Illinois and Wisconsin, Hospital Sisters Health System, and we were one of their newer ministries developed in 2002. Um, We recently have undergone somewhat of a transition um, because of the sisters, just kind of the evolution of their uh, congregation. Um, The sisters have asked that Mission Outreach now Come under the auspices of the health system, um, and uh, and they have a, a PJP um, set up so, for the health system, and so we're a part of that. But one thing that's really important to note is mission outreach is our own separate five hundred one c three, and we are really a network. Mm-hmm. So we are we work with Hospital Sisters Health System, but we work with a myriad of health systems, you know, around the Midwest who contribute uh, product to us and also contribute to our financial stability. Mm. So um, mm-hmm. really, it is, it's a very much of a network approach, working with multiple health systems, working with volunteers, um, and also working with a network of providers in other countries. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really interesting feature of how we operate.
1: Yeah, 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 network for sure. Um, and I can see you would need some funding because while the supplies aren't necessarily quote unquote costing you, but they yeah. are because yeah. they need to be assessed, they need to be cleaned, they need to be all that, and then shipped. I mean, the shipping alone, we've learned in the mission office, it's outrageous. Um, and then you're talking about larger um, uh, tools and things. So, um, but I also wanted to ask about your role. Uh, tell us about what your your work has been and how you came to this work.
3: Well, it- you know, uh, I love that question because it kind of, it, for me, it uh, kind of brought a couple of themes into perspective for me. Um, so my training is in psychology, and I worked at SIU School of Medicine in a psychiatry department, uh, both as a therapist and as a trainer, a psychotherapy trainer. Mm. And um, a lot of my work uh, focused around family systems theory. So I've always been fascinated with how people interact Within a system, Mm -hmm. Um, and um, you know, uh, I was called upon in the course of my work at SIU then to take a leadership role in the Autism Program of Illinois, and that program is essentially a network of providers across the state who are working uh, towards common goals and working towards some common, uh, working according to some common principles to provide services to families and children with autism. Mm. Um, So again, that idea of interacting as a network and what can be done through a collective approach. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also I worked with the Coleman Foundation in Chicago to establish Intersect for Ability, which is a program that is uniting some major developmental disabilities organizations in Chicago, Mm. all with the idea of incentivizing collective action. Um, And so, you know, this idea of network, I think, is why the sisters hired me. Mm -hmm. Um, We are a network, and, you know, we really uh, work very hard uh, to act as one. Mm -hmm. So we are a conduit of information between our hospital partners in places like like Nigeria Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and our hospital partners here in the U.S., Mm -hmm. letting the U.S. partners know what is needed in Nigeria, you know, developing channels for, uh, at at times, channels for bidirectional learning, Mm -hmm. which has been really helpful to both our U.S. partners and our international partners.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, you know, I am just hearing so many missionary themes here. <laughs> 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 this working as one and the network, and I, it just it's so inspiring to, to think about the, the problems we can solve when we put our heads together, when we really share our expertise, share our experience, and and then yeah, you don't even know what you can offer until you get huh. into that conversation. Um, that that's just so central. So. Um, key to missionary thinking, Well, and we have just a, a minute or two left for this segment, but I'd like to ask, um, how has this pandemic affected your work? It must have affected it massively, yes. right?
3: Significantly, yes, yes. Um, one of the, the biggest changes yeah. is for the first time U.S. healthcare systems experienced severe, dangerous shortages. And we here in the a, U.S.
1: experienced it. Yeah, not yeah
3: overseas. that was that's a wake-up call. Yeah. And I think it's developed a stronger sense of empathy and unity mm-hmm. between our U.S. partners and our partners in low-resource countries who experience these things every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one big change. Mm-hmm. The other big change is that our volunteers, so Mission Outreach has a network of volunteers that really, uh, uh, together, they provide the equivalent of about eight full-time employees. And our volunteers couldn't come to our warehouse, mm-hmm. so part of our network, uh, part of our system—you know, our system was incomplete, mm-hmm. and we were missing a central part of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And you know, we tried to stay in contact with our volunteers, and thankfully, they're back with us now.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But we really felt that sense of in, being incomplete.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We missed them. We missed their work. We missed their laughter. And again, it emphasized to, to me how important it is for us to function as a whole. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah yeah I, I, you're not the first person who talked about losing volunteers during oh. this time for sure yeah. um, and it isn't just the work that they do but it's also that energy that and, and the network you said we're coming together um, yeah. to, to feel connected um, that's that's a loss uh, but but you know also a learning experience for all of us uh, as you said too about our medical system so well it is time for our break Okay. Um we'll be back to continue our discussion with Georgia Winson of Hospital Sisters Mission Outreach. Stay tuned.
4: Adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time virtually with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age nine to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. 937 3375.
5: Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we began adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. mm
1: Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, coordinator for the mission office. And I have with me Georgia Winson, executive director of Hospital Sisters Mission Outreach, a medical support and resource organization based in Springfield, Illinois. We have been discussing the nature of her work Uh, But now I'd like us to talk a little bit more about what goes behind the work of medical missions like uh, the work she does. And I am now pleased to introduce a second guest who has joined us. We have friend of the show, Father Stan Chu-Elo, who is Research Professor of World Christianity and African Studies in the Catholic Studies Department of DePaul University in Chicago among many other things. Um, And we're very pleased he's joining our conversation this morning. So good morning, Father Stan.
6: Good morning, Megan. Thank you for having me.
1: It's great to have you here. Um, So I mentioned at the top of the show that we as Catholics engage in mission in the context of the Catholic social tradition. And this tradition is made up of principles that motivate and guide us to go out and love our brothers and sisters, both locally and globally. These principles include, this is just the short list, life and dignity of the human person, the call to family and community, human rights and responsibilities, the option for the poor and vulnerable, the dignity of work, solidarity, and care for creation. And so, you know, and there's a lot that goes behind each one of those principles, but just to kind of uh, review them, I wanted to mention each one. Georgia, considering these principles, um, which ones stand out to you as particularly important for your work?
3: Well, you know, they all have relevance, um, but for mission outreach, I think the uh, option for the poor and vulnerable, uh, Mm -hmm. the dignity of the human person, and solidarity really align most closely with our mission. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and for me personally, um, it, solidarity has been emerging kind of as a theme, you know, kind of in my own personal spiritual development, but also as a theme for mission outreach. And um, I'm realizing there's a lot I ha- have misunderstood about solidarity.
1: Mm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know. I, you know you all your work. <laughs> 60 years old and i'm
1: still learning <laughs> oh absolutely well i mean that's what i was saying about the the social tradition you know these terms are just the beginning they they just open up you know and, and and there's so many ways that they apply um and i i would just mention you know i don't think i was even thinking care for creation as the work that you do yes. yeah um, absolutely and it has a, a major impact, and and we know that these are interconnected as well. Um, that the option for the poor and vulnerable is connected to care for creation. Um, but you know, I think. Uh, you
3: know, I think one of the reasons that solidarity is kind of emerging in my mind mm-hmm. um, is this whole concept of oneness. Mm. You know, oneness with God, oneness with creation, oneness between you know all of us as as a human as as, as part of hum- is humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I misunderstood <clears throat> about solidarity is I always thought of it as something we do. You know, we join unions, we act, we advocate. Um, but I'm thinking more now about solidarity as, as what we are. Mm-hmm. The idea not that we become one mm-hmm. or that we try and be one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really realizing that God created us as one. And that he's really wanting us to honor that oneness with our actions. Yeah. Um, and doing some reading, like, uh, you know, Cardinal Bernadine's uh, metaphor of the seamless garment.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, that really speaks to me, you know, mm-hmm. that we are one fabric. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that really comes across in our work at Mission Outreach. You know, I feel that oneness with our brothers and sisters, people I may never meet, but uh, we are one with them. Yeah. So. That's kind of how my my thoughts about solidarity have changed somewhat.
1: It's a different way of thinking about it, that we were already one to begin with, and that we kind of got away from it maybe, and that we're (laughs) always being drawn back into who we really are, our true nature. Yeah. That's very profound. Thank you, Georgia. Um, Father Stan, I'm dying to hear your take on this. Um, How do you understand the Catholic social teachings in your work as both an educator and as a missionary?
6: Yeah, thank you, Megan. Um, And just um, continuing where Georgia stopped, the aspect of uh, oneness Mm -hmm. is that for me, as a Christian, a priest, Uh, A teacher everything goes back to uh, how the Second Vatican Council articulated the foundation of the church and our Christian life and that is the Holy Trinity the the oneness Mm. between God the Father the Son the Holy Spirit that oneness is forged in love and the fruit of that love is creation so there is solidarity, mm-hmm. collaboration, mutuality, participation, service, respect, mm-hmm. reverence, and above all, friendship mm-hmm. within the one triune God. Mm-hmm. So they they work so together. The word, uh, the theological term is perichoresis. There's a network, they dance together is a sacred dance that uh, we see at the very heart of the Trinity Mm. therefore for me this is the uh, propelling shaft around which my life revolves it is the vision through which I look at suffering Mm. pain brokenness and wounds in the world it is also the lens through which I understand the ethical choices uh, the daily choices of accompaniment that we are all uh, invited to do, uh, to make, which is really another word they use to describe this Trinitarian oneness is indwelling. So making a home. So God the Father makes a home with God the Son. The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit makes a home in this in this uh, union. And all of them have created, working together, uh, creation becomes the home the, if you like, uh, the burning bush of Mm. God's glory. Mm -hmm. And so when people are suffering, when we see all the wars in the world today, Mm -hmm. the bombings, uh, the terrorist uh, activities, hatred, racism, uh, inequities, global inequities, health inequities, Mm -hmm. it bleeds, the heart of God bleeds because it is a direct, uh, affront on what mm-hmm. we are, who we are, and God's dream, and God's will for the world is that this Trinitarian love, mm-hmm. this Trinitarian life uh, continues to be the dynamics and the model that uh, around which the world revolves.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it another take, you know, uh, building on uh, you know what we said, um, conversation with Georgia about what well, we were one to begin with. God is one to begin with, and we're always returning to God and, and, and trying to imitate God because we are um, made in the image of God, you know yeah, so I can see that um, we're always turning back to look at what is the nature of God, who is God, and how can we come closer to that uh, reality, that, that, that being. Um, yeah, and I can see it as, as behind everything that we do, uh, certainly as missionaries, as Christians, people of faith, um, well, we just have like a minute or two left, so I don't know if you'll be two minutes left that we can answer the next question, but um, I'll ask Father Stan um, so we can hear a little bit more from you. Um, these, these principles were developed, um, the Catholic social teaching uh, by leaders over the course of modern history, and uh, many of them as a response, you know, so the pandemic is an event that certainly is has, has having an impact on how the church understands uh, uh, who we are in the world. Do you think this pandemic has taught us something new or reinforced something about the Catholic social teachings and tradition, Father Stan?
6: Uh, yes and no. The church has always been uh, a witness to human suffering, but mm-hmm. not as an eyewitness in that sense. A distant, you know, a spectator yeah. It's been involved. You know, the Pope uh, has said, we, we have to have the smell of the sheep. The church has always had boots on the ground. Yeah. Um, the Catholic social teaching, uh, people lived it. And then later, 100 years after, we are reflecting on it. I think what the pandemic has taught us among many mm-hmm. is that we have new challenges to our Catholic social teaching mm-hmm. because this is a new virus really. Mm-hmm. This is the the worst pandemic that has ever happened in human history. Yeah. So what it has taught us is that we need to deepen more our solidarity, our understanding of our shared life. Yeah. And we are a family. So the human arrogance, the pride, the isolationism and alienation that we have seen nationalism, racism, sexism, mm-hmm. these uh, these attempts to create uh, uh, silos, to divide, to create walls. Mm-hmm. Their Catholic social teaching faces the challenge of helping us to see that we are together and not just helping us to theorize it. There's so much, a lot of talk going on. It's about doing it, doing it so that those who come after us Reflecting on it, we say, wow, this is maybe another fifth gospel. At a time of national human human crisis of uh, the greatest proportion, yeah. that people of faith rose up right. to write a new script yep. that people will read as a gospel.
1: Right. Yeah, the gospel is alive. Oh. It's not something from 2,000 years ago. It's something that has everything to say about what's going on right now in our world. Thank you well, it's time for our break now. So we thank Father Stan for joining us for this segment. We'll have him back at the end of the show, but for now, we thank you for your invaluable input so far. We'll be back uh, to continue our discussion of solidarity and medical mission. Stay with us.
0: The Word Made Clear is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello, I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the Sacred Scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy.
7: Catholic Charities Schreiber Center for Human Services is now open in Round Lake. Due to the pandemic, we are limited in the number of in-person programs that we currently can provide. However, a food pantry is open twice a week and a Wednesday night supper is held with to-go meals every week. A wide range of senior services are now offered as well. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call us at 847 546 5733 that's 847 546 5733 before during and after covid-19 catholic charities is here for you
0: you're listening to catholic chicago on WNDZ 750 am every monday through friday from 8am to 9am The Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
1: Welcome back to Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, coordinator for the mission office, and I have with me Georgia Winson of Hospital Sisters Mission Outreach, president and executive director based in Springfield, Illinois. And now I am pleased to introduce uh, another friend of the show, Sister Mary Paul Aswegu, a daughter of Divine Love sister and director of the development ministry for her congregation, which is based locally in Compton, Illinois. Sister Mary Paul's sisters minister here in the Archdiocese of Chicago, as well as many countries around the world, including Jamaica and Haiti, Nigeria and Kenya, to name just a few. So good morning and thank you for joining us, Sister Mary Paul. Are you there?
2: Thank you, Megan, for having me. Awesome.
1: Great. I'm so glad to have you. So Georgia and I have been discussing the work of Mission Outreach to recover and distribute medical supplies around the world. And we were joined earlier by Father Stan Chuilo to talk about how profess, uh, medical mission is grounded in the Catholic social tradition, especially the principle of solidarity and oneness. So Sister Mary Paul, we'd like to hear your thoughts too on this topic um, from your perspective as a religious sister. In your mind, how important is solidarity and oneness when it comes to global mission? I think thoughts?
2: it's very, very important.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, this morning when I was reading this gospel and I uh, came to say that they may be one, mm. John 17, mm-hmm. I said, that's it. And I was very happy when uh, Georgia talked about oneness and Father, uh, she also talked about oneness. Yeah, because I believe that true solidarity brings that oneness, brings respect, brings justice, brings support, mm-hmm. brings equal distribution. It brings about love that impels one to reach out to others and members of the same body, because we are all one. Yeah, and as they have been talking about the uh, Catholic social teaching, yeah. the principle of solidarity is about recognizing others as our brothers and sisters and actively working for their good Mm -hmm. because in this our connected humanity we are invited to build relationships to understand what life is like for others and especially those who are somehow different from us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this principle motivates and guides us to go out and love our sisters and our brothers Mm -hmm. both locally and globally Mm -hmm. so the world now needs solidarity We need to go about above our parochial and our individualistic and everything and move towards a broader view of life, globally. Mm -hmm. Take, for example, this project you are talking about. Look, already all those who are involved. And what motivates them? Because the hospital system, outreach, as Georgia is working on, they are not just doing it for doing sake. They have that love of God, that solidarity in their minds to support and help, which is one of the things the Lord wants us to be doing. Yeah. Look at Father Stan, all that he is doing, bringing everybody together to see that we help others to bridge that inequality, to bridge that injustice, mm-hmm. to bring the, that oneness. Yeah. And look at you, Megan, too helping to broadcast through the radio outreach, which sure. involves the mission, too. Yeah. And uh, all the universities that are about at, at the background of what you are doing, the the, boss, the, uh, the con- our congregation, the Loyola University, right. and many who are working, and even the team that are working with us and it
1: is actually well, Wow. You connected all the dots, <laughs> Sister <laughs> Mary Paul, very well. Um, and, and you mentioned we're going to get into a little more detail about this particular project in Nigeria, um, but I, I kind of wanted us to talk um, with uh, the rest of the time we have here in this segment about the, the, what, what's going behind um, the project that we've got in Nigeria. Um, and so um, the need is great right now for medical supplies and equipment to save lives uh, in Southeast Nigeria and in fact uh, it was Sister Mary Paul who made me aware of an upcoming project to equip Nigerian Catholic hospitals um, to treat COVID patients and protect the caregivers with PPE personal protective equipment Um, so we just have a few minutes left in this segment um, but um, Sister Mary Paul, can you tell us about the state of healthcare in Nigeria? you know how has well, this pandemic yeah, I changed?
2: Think, uh, Georgia, okay. in that small document he made rightly puts Nigeria a in, in the category that he calls <laughs> he said one of those healthcare systems with chronic shortage of supplies and equipment and paucity of local vendors and limited or no possessing power. Yeah. And he, she went out, which I, I read it and I, I love it. That's why I want to share it, mm-hmm. because she's talking about the Human Development Index. Human Development
1: Index, yeah. Yeah.
2: See, mm-hmm. we his, well, he said Nigeria was ranked one, 161 among the 189 countries rated in 2020. And that COVID-19 diagnosis in Nigeria is complicated by the high prevalence of malaria. Mm. which is 50% of global burden of disease. Additionally, malaria may reduce a person's ability to mount uh, an immune response, leaving them more Yeah, are really
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sister Mary Paul, uh, I have to ask you to pause just because we're running out of time.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> sorry to do so because this is all very important um, to see, um, uh, w- you know, what this situation is in Nigeria that um, that we're trying to address. Um, but it is time for our last break now. I'm sorry, Georgia. We'll maybe hear more from you in the next segment. Uh, But we'll be back to continue our discussion about mission outreach in Nigeria through the Equipped for COVID-19 campaign. We'll get into some more details there. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
7: Charity's After Supper Visions program helps guests of our Tuesday night supper program develop their skills as photographers. Unique talent has been discovered as the artists capture Chicago's world-class landmarks and natural settings in new and beautiful ways. On Friday, June 4th at 5 p.m., After Supper Visions will host a free virtual 30-minute program to celebrate all of the artists' achievements. Hear from the artists and see the striking photos that rival those of any art gallery in Chicago. Join us. To RSVP, call 312-655-7932. That's 312-655-7932. Or visit aftersuppervisions.com. At After Supper Visions, we're developing film, talent, and hope.
5: Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream Masses on Sunday mornings. As we began adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this.
1: Mission Matters Live. I am Megan Mio, coordinator for the mission office, and I have with me by phone, Georgia Winson of the Hospital Sisters Mission Outreach, a medical support and resource organization. And we are again joined by Father Stan Chu Ilo, Research Professor of World Christianity and African Studies at DePaul University, Chicago. And Sister Mary Paul Asuegu, Director of the Development Ministry of the Daughters of Divine Love, an international religious congregation of women. Now, before the break, we were discussing the reality of uh, healthcare in Nigeria, and the statistics are um, breathtaking. They're amazing, to com- especially to compare Nigeria and the United States. But we didn't get a chance to ask Georgia. Um, give you just a minute or two, if you could say a few words, Georgia, about your work with mission outreach. You have partners in Nigeria, uh, I'm sure among many places around the world, um, and that the realities are probably really um, surprising, uh, even to somebody here in the U.S. Uh, What can you tell us about the mission outreach partners in Nigeria?
3: Yeah, um, you know, one of the things I want to say first about Nigeria um, is Nigeria has demonstrated the ability to address some major public health issues so for instance the ebola crisis nigeria responded well in trying to contain that but the problem with nigeria and the problem that nigeria experiences along with all of the countries we serve is that they don't have the tools they need Mm. you know they can do what is right by their people um but they don't always have the tools that they need Mm. and so i'd like to highlight even the vaccine equity piece which is shocking to me Mm. um So the first vaccine um, was administered um, in March, um, March 21st, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that was more than three months after the first vaccine was given here in the U.S., Mm -hmm. you know, and think about the lives lost in that three-month period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nigeria is predicting by by the end of 2021 that they will have uh, the ability to vaccinate 20% of their population. But the Brookings Brookings Institute has reported that the U.S., by the end of 2021, Mm -hmm. will have 1.2 billion doses left over. Left over,
1: yeah.
3: Wow. I mean, that is shocking. Yeah. And I think when we talk about this, you know, uh, when we talk about 1.3 billion doses have been administered worldwide so far, Mm -hmm. but only 0.3% of those in low- and middle-income countries. So back to that theme of oneness, you know, this kind of inequity really tears at the fabric of our oneness, yeah. Yeah. and it hurts all of us. And I'm so encouraged to hear, you know, that there is a lot of movement. I mean, the Catholic Church is talking about equity, vaccine equity, and healthcare equity. We've been talking about it for years, but there's additional movement in the political front to try and address it, but um, that's frightening to me that we have that kind of inequity.
1: Yeah, it should be a wake-up call. It should be a um, recognition that there's um, absolutely work to be done here. Um, And and I'd like us to talk about a particular project um, that uh, is dealing maybe not directly with a vaccine question, but certainly with medical supplies and uh, PPE. So a group of leaders and representatives of the southeast region of Nigeria came together to talk and pray about this urgent need uh, in in particular in that region. Father Stan and Sister Mary Paul, you are two of those leaders who helped identify the need and develop a multi-phase campaign to raise funds and collect medical supplies to equip six Catholic hospitals in Enugu, Imo, and Abia states of Nigeria, home to 12.2 million people. So Father Stan, um, Can you tell us about what this group of leaders discussed as this campaign came into focus and uh, what ultimately inspired the campaign? Yeah,
6: uh, the campaign was inspired, and is still inspired, by the suffering and pain of our people. Mm -hmm. Um, For many of us who grew up um, in the Southeast, man Yeah. trying to give hope so that's what how the campaign was born mm. to um, reach out through hospital sisters mission outreach uh, highly highly effective organization um, i, I had worked with them before
5: yeah.
6: and uh, so um, in the midst of this after a friend of mine who was the secretary general Of uh, the Catholic Bishops Conference of Nigeria, Father Rab Madu, after he died from COVID and died because there was no oxygen, there was no ventilator, so he couldn't be helped. Then I found out, I found out, asking around through the relevant agencies, that there's no hospital, Catholic hospital, in in the whole country that has any kind of uh, emergency response that yeah. can help people, even with oxygen and respirators and uh, uh, ventilators. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's within that that then I thought, in conversation with Sister Mary Paul and a few other priests who have been involved yeah. in uh, trying to uh, say to the darkness, would like to differ? <laughs> uh, we knocked at the doors of the hospital sisters, yeah. and uh, uh, the campaign began.
1: Yeah, you decided to network, <laughs> right? Uh, come together and share your gifts. Um, so we have just a few minutes left, so I'm going to need some brief answers, I'm afraid. I'm sorry that our program uh, limits us somewhat, but Sister Mary Paul, um, you said a little bit earlier, but what what's the intended outcome of this project? E- equipping the hospitals, and then how? what difference is this going to make? What? How are people going to respond?
2: Well, the intended outcome first of all, they need, because as Father was saying, uh, I have had many people who, especially even doctors, who cannot go to the hospital and do anything because they have no equipment and there is nothing for them to use. So therefore, they try to protect themselves. So one of the intended uh, consequences of this is to... For them to be able to treat their patients, because now they will have um, what they need in their hands to do their work. And this, uh, we're also hoping to to save lives. Uh, We're also hoping to be in solidarity to combat not only the COVID, but other diseases like malaria, and to continue the mission of Jesus Christ, which is the mission of the church, and to fulfill the mandate of Christ to go to the whole world and proclaim the good news. To share the love of Christ, uh, who went about doing good, proclaiming the Father's love, feeding the hungry, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, and eventually undergoing terrible passion and death, and was resurrected and uh, was able to uh, what we are enjoying now, which is the Easter. So that we have real hope that this will help provide the needed help. Yeah,
1: especially around the health care. Yeah, you save lives. You'll you'll um, and give these medical professionals the protection they need and the confidence. Um, is it you know? And reading the the documents, preparing for this project, people having to ration the resources, ration oxygen, ration um, ventilators. You know, making medical professionals have to make those decisions is is heart wrenching. Can't even imagine. Um, So back to Georgia. Um, So the Hospital Sisters Mission Outreach is the expert uh, in this area. We have just a minute left. (laughs) Um, So um, if you could say just real quickly about the phases and then tell us how our listeners could get involved if they want to support uh, this particular project.
3: Well, absolutely. So phase one is really focused on getting uh, PPE to these six hospitals in Nigeria, yep. and we are seeking funds to help with the shipping. Mm-hmm. All of the supplies are donated, and, and Mission Outreach is donating uh, support to coordinate logistics, um, but we need, with the pledges we have thus, thus far, we need about $7,800 <laughs> for phase one. Doable. And yep. so we ask people to go to our website. It's www.mission-outreach.org. You can donate uh, via our website. You could also call us or mail in a donation. If you have questions, get in touch with me. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions about the campaign. Um, and then phase two is really going to provide some equipment, purchase some equipment that Mission Outreach does not have in our warehouses. So we would like to purchase ventilators and some of this more complex equipment and be able to send that to Nigeria. And it's important to note that these things that'll be purchased, you know, are building the infrastructure, they're capacity building. They'll be used for COVID, but they'll be used for other things as well. And again, we're seeking donations for that. So Mm -hmm. that second phase will send PPE, about $150,000 worth again, but it'll also send critical pieces of equipment. Yes, Um, So. We definitely need help in making this happen, mm. um, and we need the solidarity to grow. I mean, right. all of the professionals um, and the church leaders that Father Stan and Sister Mary Paul brought together you know are very energized people. They're working in solidarity, and mm. we need that solidarity to grow with other people to join the campaign.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, that's how missionary, the mission works. The gospel works. It, it draws people in. So, thank you so much for joining us, Georgia, Father Stan, and Sister Mary Paul. Let the principle of solidarity remind us, no one is safe until everyone is safe. Thank you very much. Uh, Don't forget to tune in next month for more Mission Matters Live. Thank you for listening, and remember, always be on mission.